Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Empowered Parent. My name is Raquel Brown, and I am a wife, a mother, an educator, and most importantly, a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. This podcast is designed to empower and equip parents with the tools, resources, and strategies you need to increase your influence and impact in the lives of your children and the children in your circle of influence. I hope you leave feeling inspired, refreshed, and renewed. Welcome to another episode of The Empowered Parent. Today I'm going to be talking about the concept of investing versus spending time with our children. Now, usually when we talk about the time that we spend with our kids, we talk about spending time with them. I want us to see the time that we that we share with our children, not so much as spending time with them, but investing time into them. When I think about spending something, it means that once I've spent that money, it is gone and it is never going to really come back to me. Once I have spent my time eating a meal, that meal is over and it's gone. But when we think of investments, when we think of the concept of investing money, we do that with the thought or with the expectation that there's going to be some return. That is the same thought process that we should have as parents when it comes to describing the time that we share with our kids. And I'll tell you why it makes a difference. When someone is going to invest money somewhere, if they are responsible with their money, they're going to be thinking carefully about where they're investing that money. They're going to do some research about the historical rate of return on that investment to ensure that they've done their due diligence to make sure that that investment is going to yield a return. In the same way, I want you parents, us as parents rather, to be thinking of how am I investing time or am I investing time Um, into my children or am I just spending time? I always say if you think about the time that you share with your children and the only things that really come to mind are things like, you know, the last time you did laundry, the last time you prepared a meal, cleaned the house for them, drove them somewhere. Those actions, though they are important to the everyday life of a child or a teenager, um, those are things that a nanny could do. Those are things that you could hire somebody to come into your life and do those things for your children. But when we really think about the word investment, it's going to cause a shift in our mentality and our thinking to have us thinking about what we're actually doing when our children are around us. Are we on our screens? Are we just watching TV? Or are we taking time um, through a lens of investment so that we're doing some things when our kids are smaller that's going to create the space that we need to give them that advice that they're going to need when they get older? So in other words, If we have not invested time in building strong relationships with our kids when they're younger, when they enter into those teenage years where, in my opinion, they need us the most, because we have no relational capital that we've built, 
we are going to be on the outside of their lives looking in. We are going to have to rely on other adults, trusted adults maybe, um, to update us as to what is going on in our teenagers' lives. And I firmly believe that one of the lies the enemy uses to create space between moms and their daughters and sons and fathers and their children is this illusion and this lie that as they get older, we can't relate to them. And it's a lie that the enemy feeds on both ends. As parents, we feel like generationally we are so far removed from our teenagers that we don't really understand what they're going through. And it's the exact same thing for our teens. They feel like we are so old and we are so far generationally from them that we cannot possibly relate to or advise them on the things that are going on in their life. Moms and dads, caring adults, caregivers, that is a lie. There is nobody that is going to be more invested in the outcome of a child's lives than that adult who has invested that time into them. So it is really important that during those formative years, when our children are younger, when they are in that primary elementary phase, even middle school, that we really think carefully about the time that we are investing in them. How much time do we spend asking questions and not prying questions and annoying questions, but ca rich, casual conversation that is going to open up some pathways to allow us to have some space in their lives when they're teenagers? Now, having these conversations is never going to be easy all of the time, but I believe that as parents, if we network together, if we ensure that our circle of parents that is walking this journey of parenting with us is from different generational stages, we are going to be able to empower and equip ourselves with the tools we need as we navigate through this journey. As a mom, I shouldn't just have moms that have kids my same age in my circle. Wisdom says that I should have some moms that have raised some pretty decent adults that I can look to for support and advice. Keeping the communication lines open with our middle school students and our teenagers are, is so critical because they're going to be making some of the most important decisions that will affect their character their integrity, their self-esteem, how they present themselves in the world, and even most importantly, how they represent Christ in the world. So we need to make sure that we are investing time with them when they're younger so we have space to be in their lives when they get older. Um, a very well-known author, George Barner, one of my favorite authors when it comes to Christian parenting, uses the model of coach Oh, sorry, teacher, coach, and consultant to describe that journey that parents walk um, through parenthood. And what he says is that when kids are small, they need a teacher. And usually moms tend to take the lead during that time. We're very natural nurturers for the most part. And the teaching of those principles that kids need when they're starting out, how to do things. Um, we're, we're, we're always there to 
to kind of guide them and direct them. We're very hands-on in our approach is what kids need when they're smaller. And I think that during that time, if we're very intentional with giving our kids real attention, so when it's time to play with them, we are completely invested and our attention is completely on them. When they are successful in school or in extracurriculars or in activities that we, with an, with a, with a deep sense of authenticity, affirm them and show them that we believe in them, even when they go through failures or times when they disappoint us, that we still teach them and lead by example and open and loving home. As our children transition out of that teacher need, they then land in this, this time of their lives when they need what Barna calls a coach. And I don't know a lot about sports. I'm not a sport enthusiast. But one thing I do notice when I'm watching the basketball game with my daughter and my husband is that the coach never actually goes onto the court when one of his players gets hurt. They never like run out there and they're like, help my player, please somebody. They don't do that. As a coach, they kind of shout their instructions, their plays from the sidelines at appropriate times, at strategic times, they call a timeout. And during that timeout, they're able to call the players to the side and have a conversation with them about what they need to do next to be successful in that game. When our kids are embarking on that middle school age, so like grade six to eight, they move out of that need for a direct teacher and they are in need of a coach. And usually fathers take the lead in this area. So it's also very problematic for kids um, who don't have an, a father or a male role model in their lives because they get to that stage where they need a coach. And if there's nobody there to fill that spot, it can be challenging for them. Usually during this time, dads tend to take the lead or they're supposed to take the lead. And in some cases they don't. And as I said, it can become challenging for that child if they have someone who is more naturally inclined to be a teacher stepping in as a coach. I know I'm a mama bear. And I know if something happens to one of my girls, I would run on that court or on that field and be like, protect my baby, protect my child. But as it is in sports, it kind of mirrors real life, real life. When our children are in those years where they're really starting to form their character, 11, 12, 13, they need a parent to act as a coach. We cannot coach a child who we have not built any relationship even in watching how coaches interact with the players on their team, it's very interesting to see how there's some players they can talk hard to because that player can take it. And there's some players that they have to finesse what they're saying in a different way so it's received. That comes from relationship. The coach knows how to communicate to their, to their player because they have spent time in practice building relationship. So it's almost as if as parents, actually it, it is as parents that we need to during that practice time, which I would kind of call those elementary preschool years, that we are building our voice and we are teaching our children, 
they can trust our voice so that when they're on that court of adolescence and we are shouting those plays to them or we are waiting for strategic times to have those very important and critical conversations, that our voice has a space because we have invested the necessary time and our children will see our voices as valid, trusted, and relevant. The last stage is consultant when our kids are not children anymore, but they're adults and young adults. This is when they are out into the out in the world, living their own lives, kind of making their own way, and they come back to us for advice. We're no longer teachers, we're no longer coaches, but we're more of what is described as a consultant. Our children need us desperately at every single stage, but they need us in very different ways. There will be some times where mom will be the primary parent. There are times when dad will be more to the front, but it's always working together for the best interests of the child. That's why even in families where the mom, mom and dad are not together, it's so important that we put our personal differences aside and learn how to work together for the best interests of that child. Just because a mom and a dad don't get along, it doesn't mean that they can't co-parent together to ensure that that child has as little disruption in their journey as possible but it comes down to the investment of time. So the question I want us to be reflecting on um, is what does the time we spend with our children look like? What are we actually doing? And to be very aware of that at the different ages and stages so that we don't waste time because you can't get it back. You can't go back and spend the time you wish you had spent with them. It's something that we need to be conscious of and aware of every single day. That's why it's important for churches to have parenting groups, not just groups where you where you talk about, you know, light and frivolous things, but groups where you can really share and get down to the nitty gritty and the challenges and the wonders that in the questions that we have about parenting. Parenting was not designed to be done in isolation. It was designed to be done in community so we can learn from each other. We can learn from each other's successes and from each other's mistakes. But believe me when I say how we interact with each other as parents is going to have a direct impact on how we parent our children, especially when it comes to how much time we are spending and what that time is being spent doing, right? The, the Bible describes children as arrows and it describes parents as warriors. And our job is to shoot that arrow into the world um, and pray that it reaches the target, which is God's will for their lives. And that's only going to come if we know our children deeply, if we know our children intimately. And some of that knowledge will come through prayer and discernment and revelation by the Holy Spirit. But most of that knowledge is going to come through critical, intentional conversation that is fostered by investing time 
within our children at every age and every stage in their lives. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I pray that you feel empowered and equipped um, to spend more time, invest more time in the lives of your child. Um, It will be worth it. Parenting is not an easy journey, but it is our journey. And we have to walk it with boldness and with confidence. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Empowered Parent. I'm Raquel Brown, and it has been my pleasure to share with you today. Please follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Empower and Equip. You can also find me on on the web at empowerandequip.ca.